Hi, this is Dr. Ross Carter with the Medical Influencer Show. My special guest today is Jen Simmons. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you as well. So, so Jen, you are a, an expert in all things in terms of breast cancer and also in chronic disease, correct? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes, so let's, I... talk, let's talk about that. So uh, obviously I'm a man and uh, so breast cancer is not something that I'm real aware of or, or you know, know much about. I'd love, yeah. to, I'd, know, I'd love to know some insights that you have um, regarding breast cancer. Well, I come to my experience with breast cancer very organically, naturally. Um, so when I, I grew up in what I consider a musical family, a rock and roll family, um, <laughs> in, um, in 1977, there was a song written called The Greatest Love of All. And that was written by a woman named Linda Creed. Linda was the queen of Motown sound. She wrote all the music for the spinners and the stylistics. And Linda was my first cousin. Wow. I, I referenced that song because in March of 1984, Whitney Houston re-released that song. I remember. And I remember. it catapulted that song to the front of the charts where it stayed for, for 14 weeks. But unfortunately, Linda would never know that because Linda died of metastatic breast cancer just one month after Whitney released that song. Wow. And so my childhood, for all intents and purposes, because Linda was this like larger than life force. So my childhood, for all intents and purposes, was upfront and personal with breast cancer. And she was diagnosed when I was nine. She died when I was 16. And Linda's life and ultimately her death really gave birth to my life's purpose. Wow. So I fast forward 30 years and I become a breast surgeon because for me, that became the place where I could most effectively use my skills. I always love puzzles. I love taking things apart and putting them back together. I love making things beautiful. I'm a very aesthetic person. And surgery, and especially breast surgery, was the perfect place place for me because not only did I get to use all of those artistic skills, but I also got to have a wonderful relationship with patients. Because unlike other areas of surgery where you operate on someone, you fix them, and then you never see them again, mm -hmm. in breast surgery, you form a complete relationship. You're the team leader. You're taking care of them. You're really intimately involved in their life at the hardest of their life, but then you see them through the rest of their life. You follow them up forever. So it was really the perfect place for me, and I thrived there. I became, I was on the top class list in Philadelphia. I practiced just outside of Philadelphia um, just three years after going to practice and remained there for the remainder of the time. So top of my field, really doing innovative things, things that no one else was doing, months and months wait list to see me, months and months wait list to operate on me, uh, adored by my patients, had a wonderful 
working relationship with my peers, uh, I was really at the top of my game. I'm also a wife and a mother and a philanthropist and an athlete, and I'm juggling a lot of balls in the air and doing it really well, I think, until <laughs> my whole world crashes. So I'm on the tennis court one day and I am accustomed to playing three hours of tennis at a time and looking around saying, you know, anyone want to play another game? And I'm only out there for maybe 10 minutes and I literally cannot catch my heart. Cannot catch my breath. I think I'm having a heart attack. I end up having to work out over the next couple of days and get a diagnosis of Graves' disease. Oh. So this is my first autoimmune diagnosis. Mm. I'm absolutely terrified. Um, and and I'm, I don't understand because in my estimation of my life, I'm doing everything right. So I'm, I'm in the office with the endocrinologist and he tells me I have the choice of either having surgery to remove the thyroid gland or radiation to obliterate my thyroid gland, or I can take lifelong suppressive thyroid medication. Mm. And this was not only my first experience as a patient, yeah. but my experience as a patient was mirroring that which I had with my patients. I mean, right. these treatments were things that I talked about giving people every single day without reservation or hesitation. Every right. single day. I told people that they had to have part or all of their breasts removed, that they had to have chemotherapy, that they had to have radiation. And I, I didn't have a moment's hesitation about it. And yet when it's about you, it feels quite different. Because that question of why, why is my thyroid gland doing this? It became of utmost importance. And that's a question that I used to gloss over with my patients. They would ask me why I got breast cancer and I would give them the only answer that I was really trying to give them, which is multifactorial disease and it's the perfect storm. It wasn't really an answer, it was just, you know, Something to get to the next question, to get to the next topic. But for me, it wasn't acceptable. For me, I needed my why. Why was this happening? And so started a journey for my why and a journey to figure out how I could heal myself because I didn't want those irreversible treatments. I didn't want to have my thyroid replacement medication for the rest of my life. It just didn't feel right. Um, and so because I couldn't sleep anyway, because insomnia is part of the constellation of lovely symptoms that you have when you have Graves' disease. Um, I read just about everyone's story on the internet. I took Google, which I tell everyone not to do, but I figured I was an educated consumer and so I could do that. And I read everyone's story and there was a common theme, diet, 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 diet. And you know, as a traditional medical doctor, I suffered a lot of ignorance in that way. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition because I, first of all, I wasn't overweight. 
Right. And second of all, I went to medical school and I, I thought that that meant that I knew a lot about nutrition. So I didn't understand why, you know, if food were truly important, why wouldn't they have taught me that? In any point along my training, you know, in my four years of medical school, in my five years of surgical residency, in my year of fellowship, in my hundred hours of continuing education that I have to have every year. Right. You know, we, we have different training, you and I, and your training turns out to be far more comprehensive than mine, especially in the area of nutrition, where chiropractors are really taught about the function of the body. Physicians are not. Physicians are trained to recognize a constellation of symptoms, give it a diagnosis, and assign it to either a pharmaceutical or a procedure. That's really what we're trained to do. And so I did some work in the area of nutrition, started a master's program, and learned a lot, healed my thyroid disease, but I didn't change any other aspects of my life. I really just ate cleaner, but I was still working full-time, still trying to be a full-time wife, a full-time mom, a full-time athlete, and um, in October of 2018, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and my face was numb. Oh no. I, I of course thought I was having a stroke <sighs> and I run to the bathroom and I look like, is my face symmetrical? Yes, it is. I can move it. I just can't feel it. Feels like when you go to the dentist and your face is all thick and numb. But I had to be in the operating room at 7 a.m. So I went back to bed. And I got up at 5.30, and this time my right hand was numb. And whether you're right-handed or left-handed, if you're a surgeon, it's no good if either hand is numb. So I think I'm having a stroke, and I go to the hospital, and I end up having this another big burger. And this time, they can't tell me what's wrong with me. I'm, I tested negative for all of their tests. And what they said is, you know, these symptoms that you have, the numbness, the clumsiness, the this, the that, it, it may be MS. It takes the average person three years to get an MS diagnosis. Wow. So we'll, we'll wait and see. And at that point, I, it, it was like something just washed over me. Like you're, you're, diagnosis, your interaction with the traditional medical system is exactly mirroring what is happening with your breast cancer patients because they come with something vague and, and you can't necessarily put a finger on it right now and you say, come back in six months, let's wait and see. And I knew right then and there, there is something bigger, there is something better, there is something greater, and it wasn't traditional medicine. And I knew then and there that I had to walk away for, for my own health, for my own sake, but for the sake of my patients, because the wait and see isn't any better for them than it is for me. I mean, why should we wait and see if you develop cancer? Instead, why shouldn't we figure out what, is, what, what path that you're on that is not working for you? Why should we figure out what's wrong on your path and help you to correct it so that you can go on, you can either not develop breast cancer 
or if you do develop breast cancer, you can do something greater. You cannot wait for cancer in the other breasts. You cannot wait for that cancer to come back. You cannot wait for your next chronic disease because at the base of all of these diseases, at the base of my autoimmune disease, at the base of breast cancer, at the base of all chronic diseases is inflammation. Right. And I right. knew that it's about what, what is that person's trigger stimulus? What was my stimulus? So I resigned from my surgical position. Wow. I immersed myself in the study of functional medicine. And in October of 2019, I opened Real Health MD. Wow, that's so, so recent too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only to heal myself, yes. but to help everyone on their healing journey. So I really, my, my focus is to help people who have been diagnosed, probably treated with breast cancer, not only survive, because there's lots of survivors, but help them thrive, mm. help them live in a meaningful way so that they're not just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. They are living a better life than they were living before. Mm. Because if we look at that whole population of survivors, most of them will not die of breast cancer, but most of them will die of cardiovascular disease, a preventable disease. I didn't know that. And yeah, yeah. So it's really about catching them in at that opportune time because that's really when we're listening the most um i, I think most people don't don't come to think about their health until their health is in question until their health is in crisis that's mm. really when people start to come to think about their health and so it's 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 talking to them at the time when they're most capable of hearing you most capable of listening. So wow. we, you know, we, we know that most change comes about when you've had enough pain. Mm -hmm. when, you've, when you've crossed your pain threshold, that's when change comes about. So, so in that vein, that's really who I'm talking to. Now, can I help everyone? Of course I can help everyone. But the people that are listening the most yeah. are the people who have had breast cancer and really want to focus on going forth in health, going forth in wellness, rather than continuing on the same path. Beautifully said. So, so is your, your practice... Um, tell, tell us a little more about your practice in general. Is it... What kind... What is it... Uh, is it focused primarily on the breast cancer or, or is it more, tell me more about that. So my, my practice is, is focused on the breast cancer population certainly. And what it looks like is it is, it's programming so that you're not just coming to me once for, for, you know, a single individual workup you're coming to me for the first time and we're having a conversation unlike any conversation you've had with a physician before. Because I'm spending about an hour and a half with you and I'm learning everything that has happened to you from the time that you were born until today. And 
I'm looking for those triggers. I am looking for those things that might have derailed your health, those things that may contribute to um, illness or, or just not being your best ideal self. Mm-hmm. And then I'm definitely incorporating in functional testing. So doing a lot of looking at your microbiome and seeing, you know, do you have a stealth infection? I, I can't tell you how many people we figured out that they have some chronic viral illness, mm-hmm. whether it be Lyme or Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus. Um, and we're, what if you have gluten sensitivity? I mean, oftentimes breast cancer is the first presentation of celiac disease. And people don't even know that, they, that they're having these um, a- I wouldn't say abnormal, but reactions to gluten and because they don't have any GI symptoms. And so, and they've been told by their traditional medical practitioners that if you don't have GI symptoms, you can't have, you can't have celiac disease. You can't have gluten sensitivity. And it's simply not true. Everyone manifests their inflammation differently. So Mm. some people will develop those, those gastrointestinal symptoms, but some people won't. So it's really about finding out if your body is behaving in the ideal way, because we are brilliant machines, the most brilliant machines. Humans are the most brilliant machines, but you have to give it what it needs. And if you give your body what it needs, it will do what it's supposed to do. And I know a lot of people come from the, it's just my genetics, Mm -hmm. but it's simply not true. We know from the study of epigenetics that we can influence our genes. We can determine by food and lifestyle, which genes get turned on and which genes get turned off. So yes, genes play a part, but only a part. And then nothing is predetermined. And, And we know that by virtue of the fact that if we look at the BRCA population, the people that have a mutation in their BRCA gene, you have an 85% chance of developing breast cancer over your lifetime, but it's not 100%. Right. So something else is in play there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's our job as functional medicine practitioners to figure out what that something else is and help you to make the most of your genes. Mm. Gotcha. And so your practice is, is primarily, uh, is it people that have recently developed breast cancer or have gone through everything? And- it, it literally doesn't matter because okay. there, are, there are ways to help people every single Everything. part along the way. So if you've been recently diagnosed, mm-hmm. I spent 17 years helping people through that very time. Mm-hmm. So I can be really helpful to you at that time, helping you make the decisions about traditional treatment. And I don't go against traditional treatment. I believe in tr- traditional treatment. I also think that you should do this too. Right. Because all these functional medicine wellness pillars make traditional treatment far more successful. Mm-hmm. For instance, there are ways to eat specifically when you're getting chemotherapy that not only make chemotherapy far more effective, but they also make the side effects of chemotherapy, the unwanted effects of chemotherapy, highly diminished. So you're getting greater, greater benefit, less side effect. Oh, that's so. Good. So that, that timing is very important. 
And then in addition to that, like if you've finished treatment, that's great. Let's get you feeling better. Let's get rid of all of those side effects that are left over from treatment. Let's get you feeling healthier, stronger. Let's get you sleeping better. Let's get you moving better. Let's increase your energy. And then if you're far out, but still on your mind is, oh my God, is my cancer going to come back? Let's work together to make sure your cancer doesn't come back. Let's work together to optimize your health so that you're not thinking about where your next illness is coming from. You're thinking about how am I going to make myself better every single day? And that's where you're focused on. So I really focus on a health plan rather than a treatment plan, right? I'm kind of front-loading wellness rather than managing the symptoms of illness. Beautifully said. Now, are you doing um, consultations? Uh, do you do it uh, virtual? Yeah, I'm, I'm strictly doing Zoom right now. Um, I think that maybe when the world and as the world opens up, I, I may go back to some version of in person, but for for this kind of work, the right. Zoom platform works really well, and it's so time intensive that, for instance, for someone who's working, to add on an additional whatever that number is, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, an hour and a half to come and see me and, you know, get in your car and deal with traffic and park and that kind of thing. When, you know, we can instantly flip a switch and see one another. Exactly. Um, I, I just think that this platform makes a lot of sense. Excellent. So how would uh, people get in touch with you? So my website is Real Health MD. And from that, you can schedule a discovery call with me where we can spend 20 or 30 minutes on the phone getting to know one another and seeing if, if functional medicine is right for you. And, um, and I can give you a link if people want to just go straight to the discovery call. I can give you a link and, link and you can post it with the show notes. Um, and in my website, you'll find lots of valuable information. My blog is there. You know, you can, you can get to know me and the things that, that I think are important. And so, you know, because I understand that people need a lot of touch points be, before they, they really engage. Right. Um, and I think that they should. I think that they should. You know, there are plenty of people that I talk to that want to come into the programming. And I know they're just not ready mm. because the programming is a lot of commitment. Um, it really, it, you really have to be ready to make some dietary changes, to really commit to your health. Uh, not, and not everyone is there. So I say, you know, call me for a month or two and then and then let's touch base again. Mm. So, and you can follow me on Instagram, Dr. Jen Simmons with two N's. And I'm out there, put, I'm putting content out every single day, every single day on how to improve your health. And this goes for everyone. So yeah. it's not limited to the breast cancer population because the things that are good for people with breast cancer are also good for people with 
autoimmune disease. It's also good for people with heart disease, with digestive disorders, with depression, with anxiety. I mean, go on and on with, um, with arth- arthritis and it, all of those things. We're all, all the people in this wellness space, we're really all talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. Well, Jen, that was uh, fantastic information. I really enjoyed this conversation today. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, one more time, your website is Real Real Health MD. Real so R P A L Health MD. That's easy to remember. Beautiful. Thank you so much today uh, for for um, doing our interview today. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure.